This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. John 14 has been our text. John 14, 16, and 17. I will pray the Father and he'll give you another helper. This is Jesus speaking. That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. We talked last week about the Holy Spirit's work in pre and post birth in Jesus. And uh, Jesus uh, had the Holy Spirit, how he encouraged uh, Mary, how he encouraged Joseph, how the Holy Spirit was involved in this process. The reason we're talking about this is if you don't know much about the Holy Spirit, you'll limit him just to maybe a certain Pentecostal experience, and yet he's been involved all throughout the scriptures. We see him in Genesis, the first chapter, verse 2. And so he is the third part of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so you don't ever want to take the place, I, I, I don't want any of that Holy Spirit business. <laughs> you just said, I don't want the third part of the Godhead. And I don't think that's a good idea. I, I think of nothing else. We always ought to even show respect, even if we don't understand it. It's just always good to be respectful. Hmm. I, you, I, I'm just thinking, we live in a culture now where respect has gone out the window. And I'm going to tell you, I, I'm going to tell you something, it's gone out the window on both sides of the fence. Whether you're a liberal or a conservative politically, the lack of respect, the lack of respect for our country, the lack of respect for our government, whether you agree with them or not, is uncalled for. And I don't, I mean, there's a lot of things I don't agree with but I don't think we need the lack of respect. And that bleeds over into other areas. And so you see other people, you know, there's just a lack of, of respect in so many things. I really think the church can be respectful, can be gracious to people, can be kind, even if we don't agree. There used to be a term we don't hear much anymore called disagree without being disagreeable. And I, I think that's a, a valuable thing. I might get to the message sometime tonight. I, <laughs> All right. We saw the Holy Spirit involved in Jesus. I'm going to skip down, guys, to the second one. Jesus referenced the Holy Spirit's equipping him to help people. Luke, the fourth chapter, Jesus is speaking. He would find this, this passage and he would speak. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Jesus was referencing that the Holy Spirit was on him to do this. And one of the, the thoughts that we've shared is that Jesus operated as he was all God, he was all man, but he operated as a man equipped by the Holy Spirit. Later Luke would reference this in the book of Acts in Acts chapter 10. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, the reason I keep going over this point is it's an important point. Oftentimes, people, when they think of Jesus, they think Jesus operated as God. He, but he didn't. Now, this is not Alan's opinion. This is a scriptural opinion. And in Philippians, the second chapter, I'm going to read this. Let me read this before you guys put it up there. Let me read it out of the New King James. In Philippians 2 talking about Jesus, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery, or that, that means a thing to be grasped, to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. He emptied himself, 
taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Let me read this out of the New King, the uh, New Living Testament. And uh, I think it's got some really interesting points. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Now, let me just give you just some thoughts, and I won't, I won't spend too much time here, but here's the thing. If Jesus was operating as, as only as God, he would not have been tired and needed to sleep. He would not have been hungry. How many, how many of you believe that God's tired? You get to heaven, they're like, no, no, heaven's, right, you can't go in the throne room right now. The Father's tired. He's taking a break. No. Jesus was tired. In fact, he, he was so tired, he was sleeping during a storm. They had to wake him up. The Lord, we're dying. <laughs> Don't you care? It's like, okay. <laughs> he was hungry. He would get hungry. He would eat. If he was operating only as God, he would have known everything and not asked questions. Remember in Mark chapter 5, he's walking through the He's walking through an area and a lady who had a, a hemorrhaging situation reached out and touched him. And Jesus stopped and turned around and said, who touched me? Now, if you're operating as God, you know exactly who touched you. Right? You're, you're not asking that question. He turned around and said, who touched me? And the disciples are like, Lord, everybody's touching you. He's like, no. Nah. Somebody touched me. He said, I felt power go out of me. He kept looking around. Finally, the ladies just stepped up, told him the whole story. Probably took forever. But uh, yeah, I'm going to pay for that one, aren't I? <laughs> well, come on, ladies. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You don't, just, you don't just start at the end. You start with the whole story. Told him the whole story. And the reason that was so, so pressing was that the man standing beside him had a daughter who was dying. And Jesus listened to, to the whole story and then told her, daughter, go your way, your faith has made you whole. So he asked that. He asked the disciples one time. He said, what were y'all talking about on the road? They were having a dispute about who was going to be the best, who was going to be the greatest. Again, if he's God, he, know, he knows that. Why is he asking questions? So again... He did not operate in complete omniscience and omnipotence. If he was God, he would not have been tempted as we are. The Bible said he was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. You realize it's not a sin to be tempted. It's only a sin to yield to it. That'll help you. Because you feel like, I'm just so horrible I got tempted. Everyone is tempted. You just don't have to give in to it. And so he was tempted. Now, if he was operating as a man only, Remember, God and man. If he's operating as a man only, then he would have stopped people from worshiping him. Remember, some would come and they would fall down at his feet and worship him. If he was operating as a man, he would do what Peter and Paul and Silas did. They stopped people from worshiping them. Peter goes into Cornelius' house. 
Cornelius falls on his, on his face and begins to worship him. And Paul said, stand up, I'm a man just like you. Paul and Silas, the Lord used them to heal a man. And, and when the people saw it, they begin to sacrifice. They begin to call them gods. And Paul and Silas had to run through the middle and go, no, no. He said, we're men just like you are. So we don't, how do you know we don't worship men? We can respect people. We can honor people. We don't worship them. We worship God. And when, G, when Jesus' people, would, they would fall at his feet and worship them. He never stopped them. So, and he also, if he was operating only as a man, he would never have said some of the things he said. They were talking to him, and he, he, said, uh, he said, they looked at him and said, you're, you're 30 years old. And he said, well, I think they said you're not yet 50 years old. And you've seen Abraham? He said, hey, before Abraham was, I am. That didn't go over big. But if you're operating as a man, you don't say that. You don't say that you're the, you're the bread that's come down from heaven that gives life to the world. Do you see what I'm saying? So Jesus emptied himself of his divine privileges. He was still divine. And he operated as a man equipped by the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit who lives in us and has the ability to be upon us. And that's why when he said to his disciples, it's actually to your advantage that I go away. Because if I go away, the Holy Spirit will come to you, and I'll send him to you. And people think, you know those guys were thinking, how in the world is it going to be an advantage to us if you go away? You've been our life for the past three years. He's like, yeah, but when I go and I send the Holy Spirit, I'm going to send you another helper just like me. And you don't have to wait to talk to me. He's going to be with you all the time. And so you can, Paul can, Paul, Peter. Peter can be over here. John can be over here. The Holy Spirit's in both. He said it's to your advantage. So understanding that is helpful. The Holy Spirit helps us. in the. We see the Holy Spirit's help in the early church. So this in the book of Acts. If you read the book of Acts, it really is a book talking about the Holy Spirit's movement and what he did in the early church. You see him referenced a lot. One of the first things you saw was uh, he was instrumental in reaching out to the Gentiles. Gentiles were those people who were outside of the Jewish covenant. They weren't Jewish by nature. They had not converted to Judaism. They were Gentiles. And the Jewish people at that time were only preaching about Jesus to, after the resurrection, they were only preaching to other Jews. Now, they, went, they did go down into Samaria, but they weren't going anywhere else. Samaritans were, were half Jewish. And so they weren't going anywhere else. And the Lord told them you had to go into all the world. Well, they weren't going into all the world. They, the, the Jewish people had a, had a very strong prejudice about going to Gentile people. In fact, if, if you went back in that time and you were, you were not Jewish, it was unlawful for them to even come into your house and have a meal with you. That was not considered good. You were considered unclean. And yet the Holy Spirit had to get involved in that. And that's why this is what he told Peter. Peter had had in Acts chapter 10... It says, while Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So Peter's saying, The Holy Spirit spoke to me and sent me this to Cornelius' house. Cornelius was Roman. He was a Roman centurion. And this is the first time that we see Jesus being preached to Gentiles. And we ought to all be grateful that the Holy Spirit got involved in that because that's the good news for us. So he was involved in reaching the Gentiles. 
He helped guide the early church into major decisions regarding the nations. Acts 15, they had a big, big discussion. Acts 15, if you put that one up there. They, they, they came to the end of the discussion. They said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Big conference in the church. Big conference in the early church. Can the Gentiles, those who are outside the Jewish covenant, can they receive Jesus? And what do we tell them to do? That was big. Because there was a, there was a whole group of, of Jewish believers who did not want the Gentiles coming in unless... They really converted to the Judaism. They got circumcised. They came under Jewish law. And so they, they came down and finally they made a decision. They based it off of scriptures and they based it off. They said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. So they're, they're again leaning on the Holy Spirit's help. They're referencing him all throughout the New Testament, all throughout scripture. So we see that. Then here's the third one. We see he helped steer Paul into God's plan for his life and ministry, Acts 16. Now, when they'd gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were fit, forbidden, by, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them, so passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. This is Paul getting ready to go into an area to preach, and the Holy Spirit checked him, stopped him. Tried to go to another area. The Holy, he said, the Holy Spirit stopped me. Now, the Holy Spirit should not show up and go, stop, Paul. The Holy Spirit leads us inwardly. And so Paul had learned to become sensitive to that. And he learned to be led by the Spirit of God. Now, here's the good news. Now, I'm going to jump ahead. All of us can be led. The Holy Spirit is, is involved in helping and teaching all of us. If it was the apostles' advantage or the disciples' advantage, it's our advantage. And he can help us today. And so there were, there were times, honestly, when we started the, uh, we're getting ready to start the church, we, uh, we sensed that Conroe was the place we, we needed to start the church. It dropped in my heart as I was going down I-45, going south, passing right over 336, I can tell you, what, in December of 1995. It dropped in me. We're going to have a church that's going to be in Conroe. And so, well, that, that became a reality. It just kind of dropped in me. So when... When I came and found a place to start, Joy and I said, okay, we need, we need to find a place. So about April-ish or May, I came up and I talked to uh, the Montessori Center, talked to a lady named Janine Cobb. And I walked, this is the first place I'd tried. I'd gone to what now is one of those motels on the, on the feeder there. It, 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 I just like, that didn't work. Joy said, she'd been telling me, she said, you need to go to a Montessori center. So finally, I listened. <laughs> it seemed good to Joy and the Holy Spirit for me to go to the, to the Mont. I went to the Montessori center. I, I told them what I was about to do. She looked at me. She said, uh, lady looked at me. Her name is Janine Cobb, still a friend today. She said, you know what? She said, uh, we just left our church a few weeks ago. Had a situation. Said, I've been looking for a home church. If you want to have a church here, you can have it here, free. I said, well, thank you. Walked out and sat in my car and I honestly said this. I said, that was too easy. <laughs> that was just too easy. First place I go, bam, it worked. So I tried to go other places. I tried to go to Tomball. And boy, the more I got closer to Tomball, I'm like, hmm, nope. 
Nothing wrong with Tomball. If you live in Tomball, but Tomball wasn't the right place for me. When we just read that about Paul, he was getting ready to go into areas that he eventually would actually go into. It wasn't a matter of these areas were bad. It was a matter that the timing wasn't right. There's nothing wrong with Tomball. There's great churches in Tomball. I tried to go south of the river. There was a place right there on the feeder that I, that time I'm thinking, wow, it's big, it's, it's wonderful, it'd be a great place. But as I, as I kept going, I kept getting an uncomfortable feeling, a check. Just kind of a, does that make sense? You ever had that? You, you pray about something, and the more you think about doing something, you're like, I don't, I just, not, something doesn't feel right. You ever said that? Sometimes we need to recognize that's the Holy Spirit going, it ain't right. Or however he speaks to you. But he, he may use better grammar if you do, but it's not right. So I tried to go different places, and finally I realized, Lord, this is where we need to be. And so we, we, we land, that's, how, that's how this church got, got to Conroe. God gave us the idea. We showed up. Even though I tried to go other places, the Lord checked us. He, he can guide us like that. I didn't see a flaming scroll. An angel did not show up and say, yea, yea, thou shalt go to Conroe. It, it, was simply, it was simply a witness in my heart. And this is, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, but this is how he leads all of us. And it will become more sensitive to that. How he, listen, in areas of my life, the areas that have been most successful in my life have been the areas that the Holy Spirit has guided me into. I tried to start a church in my hometown. It was a colossal failure. Colossal. It didn't last a month. And I realized, this is so wrong. And I thank God I had a pastor who had a saying. He said, if I know it's not God, he said, I'll crawfish out of anything. You know what a crawfish does, don't you? They back up, boy. And I realized I'm in my hometown. I'd moved my family. I was committed to it. And I realized I made a mistake. This is not the place we need to be. So I spent about a year and a half looking all around North Carolina for where I was supposed to start a church in North Carolina. I couldn't get peace to save my life. Every time I drive into a place, I, I looked at Joy one time, I said, she said, what about this place? I said, you know what that place is? That is a place that God sends people he doesn't like. <laughs> I said, I don't want to go there. And man, we, 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 and, and finally, <laughs> finally, <laughs> I stopped one time and I finally said, Lord, do you want me to start a church in North Carolina? No. And the Lord led us back here. The biggest successes in my life have been when I followed the Holy Spirit's guidance. I was going to marry a girl from North Carolina. She's a nice girl, but she would have never, never gone in ministry. She wanted to stay in her little hometown. And I'd have been living in her hometown, which was another place God sends people he does not like. <laughs> And I thought I had done, I thought I had found the best. I thought I just, man, that was the best I had. Until God led me to a little dark-haired, dark-eyed Italian girl who was just coming out. She was just a little Catholic girl who loved God. 
turned out to be the best partnership I've ever had. The best successes I've had in my life have been where I've followed his leading. The best hires I've had in this church have been the ones where I've followed his leading. The worst have been when I have not. If you're a business owner or if you've ever had to hire people, you just look straight ahead and go, praise God. Because, <laughs> buddy, I have missed it a few times there. And I've hit it a few times there, too. The greatest successes have been where I followed God. That doesn't make me a success. I'm just walking out something he's already planned for me. Does that make sense? My dad, one time, we had a, we had a theological argument. He said, you know, Alan, he said, I make my plans. And then I asked the Lord to bless them. And I just, it just rolled out of my mouth. I said, Dad, you know what I do? I said, I ask God what his plan is because it's already blessed. Did you catch that? God, what's your plan? And then try doing everything I can to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. Follow his leading, and I'm telling you, he knows how to lead. And if we learn how to follow, that is a powerful combination. He can lead you into the right relationships. He can lead you into the right church. He can lead you into the right jobs. He can lead you on how to be more successful in your job. He's not limited to just church things, guys. It's not like the Holy Spirit checks out when you leave here. You leave church and he's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> he's, he's brilliant. He's beyond brilliant. And he knows how to help us. He can show you what to do with kids you're having problems with. He can give you insight into what's going on with your grandkids. There was a time when I, I was sitting up in my office praying. It was Friday night, was quiet. I was praying. And we had situations where we didn't know if we were going to be able to have grandchildren. Matt and Kelly were struggling in that area. And I'm sitting up there, and, and, the Lord, and he spoke to my heart. He said, you'll have grandchildren that will fill the room. Okay. I didn't see any, but he knows. I've got six. Not a big room, but that's good for me. <laughs> but when you don't have any, it's good to know things ahead of time. That makes sense. He doesn't do this just for preachers. He does this for anyone who will listen. Please get that. Don't walk out of here thinking, boy, isn't it great what God will do for Alan and Joy. Wow, must be awesome to be Alan and Joy. No, it must be awesome to be you following God's plan for your life. That's the best thing. That's the best you're going to find. Aren't you glad we don't have to live our Christian lives vicariously through someone else? We can have experiences with God on our own. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful today that you love us, you care for us, you are no respecter of persons. And Father, you'll lead and guide everyone listening to me in the sound of my voice, everyone watching online, everyone who's made Jesus their Lord has the potential to be led by you. So thank you for that. You can lead us into success and out of problems. You can lead us into better things than we've ever thought possible because you're big and you're good 
and you're mindful of us, and you bless us. And that's one of the ways. Thank you for that. Thank you for enlightening us in this area. We can walk closer to you, expecting good things in the days to come. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came and said, Alan, I don't even have a relationship with the Lord or I'm not sure about it. Or you say, at one time I I did have a a walk with God and I've gotten away from him, but I want to come back. Or we're going to say a prayer. This is your very first step, but it's a powerful one. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to have you come to the front. I am going to ask you to do one thing. If that's you that I'm talking to tonight and you're here, and if you're online, you you can simply respond in in your own heart or you you can respond differently. I'll show you how. But if you're here, and that's you that I'm talking to. Would you slip your hand up and say, Alan, would you pray for me? I'm, I'm the one you're talking to. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Great. Thank you for your courage. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. Online, uh, you have the opportunity to pray. If you're, if you're by yourself, pray this out loud. If you're with others, pray quietly to yourself and then let us know. But in here, we're going to pray this prayer together. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. But in your heart, it's, your heart's pounding right now because you realize, I, I need to make this decision. It'll be the best decision you ever made. You won't regret this one. So we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray it out loud. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead right now. I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer, for those who've come back to you and those who've come to you for the very first time. We rejoice with them. We know you have wonderful things for them. There are good days ahead. So we give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.